0: Hello and welcome to Romance Isn't Dead, episode 11. See ya later. No kidding. We're actually going to be talking about YA romance today. And um, Ray, how are you doing? Yeah. Uh,
1: Cold. I made the mistake of thinking it was warmer than it actually is.
0: Oh, should I not tell you it's 70 degrees here? No. Oh, I <laughs> you, won't then. You just did. <laughs> Well, it's not like it's going to be 80 or anything this afternoon.
1: Yeah, I don't like the (laughs) look on your face right now.
0: (laughs) That having been said, it's going to be very, very ugly here today. Overcast, rainy, and cloudy. So a lot like your weather, only hotter. My heart bleeds. (laughs) Mm, I know, I know. But I'll also get things like hurricanes. So it all evens out, right? Um. Ray's like, no, I take the hand. I handle the occasional hurricane. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um. So, all right, we're going to be talking about young adults today, and we're actually, I think, going to try to concentrate on the books. But a lot of these books have been made into movies, right, Ray? They have. I think.
1: Um. I think actually all of them. Mm -hmm. Looking down the list that I've got written, I think every single one of them has had at least one movie
0: okay okay well that's that's good to know um, i didn't realize that some a couple of them did so that's interesting um but we do have something before we get started ray what is it what are we well, happy about
1: last week well monday morning i woke up to a message in um hangouts from sally and then i checked my twitter and it was like ah! Jill Mansell actually listened to our podcast last week and sent us a thank you. So you might have seen that on our Twitter feed. I had to admit that it started off my week in a really good way because it didn't end in a good one. (laughs) So that's our momentary squee. And it really was. I think my cat thought I was going insane.
0: (laughs) Well, it's Darcy, you know. I know. Darcy's going to Darcy. Darcy yeah she um, bit me last week so this was kind of payback <laughs> uh, yeah like I said Darcy's gonna Darcy all right that's so it really is cool I was like I saw that first which is unusual because I normally don't see anything before Ray does and I was like dude <laughs> um and so I immediately had to go back and make sure that I had not said anything overly critical and I don't think I did but <laughs> I
1: I think I actually highlighted one of the novels of hers that I really didn't like as well. In fact, when we were going through and we were talking about oh, definitely try one of her books and then I said but don't try solo. So, oh, no. and I think that was her, that was actually her first novel and it is I love all her others,
0: but that is one I will never reread. <laughs> okay, but you know, she I think it's yeah. awesome though. It was really cool and um it was it was it was startling. <laughs> <laughs> very startling um well but that's awesome though I'm, I'm still kind of excited about that all right so back to YA um yeah let's see um first of all uh, just as a bullet point the hero and or the heroine in YA tends to be a young adult and when we're talking young adult we're talking uh teen I think generally yep. most of these are late teens would you say that's yeah, fair Would you
1: say normally sort of um, when they're American, they're normally junior year of high school?
0: Is that 16? Um, I'd say I'd say that uh, 15 to 17 ish, 18 ish is probably uh, where you can expect most YA. That having been said, Harry Potter is a bit of a difference here because it starts when he's 11. But it does go through to when he's 17, 18 years old. So and it also starts. um, It's unlike all the others it's actually
1: based in the uk education system yes. and we don't have high school in the traditional way we gotcha. start secondary school at 11 okay. and that is and
0: we call that high school so okay. so that would be that would make it make sense right that makes sense um so. yeah so that's one bullet point uh ray you want to take the next one okay um
1: They are not only now written to appeal to teenagers and children in general. I mean, Harry Potter even released special covers so people could read them on their commute on the way to work. I don't know if they did the same in the States, but they definitely rejigged the covers so they weren't so illustrated. They were an image that was specific to the theme of the book. Mm -hmm. And they were a bestseller for adults and children alike and it was the first time that had really happened
0: right well i will say this about the harry potter covers i know that we only got the one american variant so the adults that were reading them had to be loud and proud about the fact that they were reading harry potter and that's totally fine with me um but I do remember sort of squeeing over the adult covers. I thought that they were really cool looking and, and wishing that I had had that as an option for me, not because I was embarrassed to be reading Harry Potter, but because I just thought those covers were gorgeous. Um, they, I mean, they
1: were. They, they were very, very dark, the covers, mm-hmm. with a lot of focus on blacks, grays, and greens. Mm-hmm. But they looked, to me, they looked very much like the um, thrillers and, well, psychological thrillers and things that are released over here, the crime novels and so Mm. on. And they sold them, they targeted that particular cover at adults. Mm -hmm. And they marketed them with
0: adult pricing. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. So there's always the notion, at least with Harry Potter, that it's not just going to be kids reading this um yeah. and yeah I think that's I think that's an important thing and I think that publishers were getting that those books spoke to a larger dynamic than just 11 to 12 year old kids and that, that's yeah. huge, hugely important okay so anything else that we want to mention it, about that I think that
1: it's a big change when we were both specifically aged in the YA market there wasn't so much especially romance That was um, marketed at both adults and teens alike. There wasn't the range. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know that we were talking about this yesterday and I'd done a search because I knew that we had Sweet Valley High and... the rl stein goosebumps books and things mm. and then there was a series of books there were 235 books in this series called sweet dream yeah called sweet dreams and they were specifically they mostly had young girls smiling holding a tennis racket wearing really lame 80s clothing um courtney cox was on the cover of one i saw that I cover leave. yesterday and thought oh dear god what the heck but um they were targeted at teenage girls. They were a romance. The girl finds the guy of her dreams. She has multiple boys chasing after her. But they had really um, odd titles. I think there was one that was called Tender Loving Care. There was one I remember so clearly called Lights, Camera, Love. I looked at the cover yesterday. Oh, I was no. like, I had that book. <laughs> I remembered the hideous brown dress with the very, very fluffed up cream lace collar that the girl was wearing and the the 80s hair I will actually post the image of oh, that wow. in the blog <laughs> wow <laughs> they, were all, um, they were all very American very American they were incredibly, they were an American series. I they don't actually, remember it at all, right? They actually they actually spawned, um, Francine Pascal got her start writing for Sweet Dreams. And it spawned the start of Sweet Valley High.
0: See, now I remember Sweet Valley <laughs> High. But Sweet Dreams, I don't know that I ever read those. I do know that I read some of Sweet Valley Highs, though. I, I had really liking Sweet Valley High.
1: I had about 70 Sweet Valley High books
0: and I had
1: probably 130 Sweet Dreams. There were two hundred and thirty-five, 233, I think, plus a couple of series. I might even have one somewhere in a box. Um, but there were a lot of them. They were released on a monthly basis. And in the summer, they had specials that were extra thick with a couple of novels by the same author. And they that was the YA novel of the 80s
0: well, the, uh, and then
1: the 90s. And it changed completely.
0: It did. It did indeed. Um, I was telling you that I remembered reading um, Harlequin had like a young love series or something yeah, like was, that. It, I did a bit of research yesterday
1: and yeah. they were actually called um, Harlequin first love.
0: Okay. Yes. I remember reading those And, um, and, and liking those and, and it was all about first boyfriends. And I remember one, I could not tell you the title of it to save my life, but (laughs) I read it. I must've read it a million times. And I think part of it was that I kind of related to this heroine. and it's not a message that I would want my daughter to receive today. Um, No, I think that was the point with those books,
1: So They were very much, oh, a girl has to have a boyfriend. A girl is not complete without a boyfriend. And that was the message we
0: got in the 80s. and see, this one, though, would really not age well because I remember this one as the girl was relatively new to her high school and she um, was a little overweight and mom was always trying to get her to lose weight. And... um, of course, that was why she didn't have a boyfriend because she was a little pudgy, and um, and then she gets involved at school and starts planning things, and she sort of unintentionally loses weight, and uh, it's the whole uh, the eye roll. I saw that eye roll. I saw that <laughs> eye roll. And um, so she helps plan the prom, and now she's more popular with her classmates. And then her mom buys her a dress, but the dress is too big. And oh my god, can you believe the dress is too big? And they have to rush the store and get her a new dress. And yeah, this oh, is that not a message. That is a message, message for yeah, us That now. is not a message that I would want to send to my daughters. Uh, but that
1: was the message in the mm-hmm. end. That was the thing. That yeah. was. The message in the eighties it was mm-hmm. that you had to be skinny, you had to be popular, mm-hmm.
0: you also had to be a bit stupid well no, she wasn't stupid she was she wasn't unless you count not knowing that your clothes are getting too big stupid um, <laughs> i i didn't mean to actually say that out loud, but um but yeah, that was the thing. it was like i I just would not to me that 's a very damaging message to send to young girls. But in the age of the 80s and and when I read it, it was the 80s. I I know it was the 80s Mm. Um, because I wasn't yet in high school when I read that one. But that was the that was the message that that came across that um, even if you don't have a boyfriend, you need to, you know, really, you you have to look a certain way and be a certain way. And I just. Isn't that the message that is by uh, given
1: by Cher to Kai and Clueless? that she has to look a certain way. So they give her that makeover and all of a sudden she's popular with the boys and they're finding her the ideal boyfriend and, oh my God, I can't believe Paul Rudd is 50, but that's, that's another difficult. matter entirely. I
0: can't, I
1: can't. <laughs> no, he turned 50 this week and it's like, oh my God, he hasn't changed at all since he was in Clueless. But anyway, it's that kind of message is you have to fit in. There was none of the, it's important to be different Mm-hmm. that are not important to be different but it doesn't matter if you're different mm-hmm. because no matter who you are people will like you for who you mm-hmm. are
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is kind of the message that a lot of the books that are published now seem to pass on whereas the books that we read that were in a way vital to our development into young adults were very much of the oh well you have to be the same as everybody else.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I can they, remember they they very much, you, much. They, <laughs> they seem to value conformity um over over uh individuality definitely. Yeah. Um and And it's not that they didn't say, it's not that they didn't have a, you know, be yourself message because some of them did a be yourself message. Yeah. But at the same time, it was just really like, if the message that as an adult, I remember from that book was, oh, you need to be thin and you'll be happier. That's a problem. And definitely not a book that I would hand to my daughter or any of my daughters, because I have several, um, three, um, it's not a book I would hand to any of my three children, my three daughters, and say, "Oh, you should read this book." It's not what I'm going to do. So, um, I think it's changed a lot, and particularly with Harry Potter. First of all, this is not a novel that's aimed at girls at all, no. right? This is a novel that was aimed at I think all kids, but the the hero if the hero is a boy, um, and and you know, it, it's just different, and so it appealed to a lot of kids that maybe had been lost to reading. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, it came out at the same kind of time, I think, as
1: um, the Alex Rider series, which is Mm -hmm. about a 14-year-old boy who's a spy. Oh, okay. Okay. It was almost like they were trying to get more boys into reading, especially over here. I know that there was a definite disparity between the number of boys and the number of girls who were getting good grades in their exams at that point. And they were trying to, I think, push far more to encourage boys to get involved. Mm -hmm. And I think
0: that may have triggered some of its success. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I'm not sure. I can't really totally speak to that, but um, I'm not familiar with that series at all. So unfortunately. Okay. Well, the other thing that I think is worth noting here is the way that we're talking about today, really, it's all series, right? We've got Harry Potter, and there were several romantic couples within the Harry Potter series. And of course, that doesn't pop up until later uh, in the series when they, when they are, you know, when they are teens, right? When yeah, they get to be of, about 14, that's when yeah, she starts... Yeah, Goblet start, of Fire, really, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's when they start pulling in some of the romance stuff. Um, I'm going to mention Twilight. I know this is not uh. Ray's favorite. <laughs> I don't really have <laughs> not a <at> visceral <laughs> reaction to Twilight. Um, it's not my particular jam, but um, I know people who loved it. Um, and... It, It was, I think, it was, okay, so there are two different things, themes that I look at when I look at these. Either you have magic or you have vampire, or dystopian, right? The -hmm. only one that's not is the Princess Diaries. And even then, there's this element of fantasy about it, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. A girl suddenly discovers that she's a princess. Right. So there's still... Fantasy element there, but these are definitely not hi- Girl Goes to High School meets a boyfriend and he's, you know, a football player or whatever. That's not, these are not them. These are very different than that. No, um, these are Girl Goes to High School
1: is apparently a magnet for vampires. And falls in love with a vampire and has a relationship with a werewolf. And then uh, the, the whole thing just gives me the shivers because I think the message it's giving is very, very damaging, really. Um, but that's my personal feeling.
0: Yeah, I don't. And see, I, I read, I'll be perfectly honest, I read the first Twilight book and I read the last Twilight book. Um, I did not read the intervening ones and I... Um, I don't... You didn't really miss anything. <laughs> no, I mean, there, are, but there are people out there who love Twilight, so I don't want to denigrate their love for that for that series. I mean, I, I, it's not... And, and I don't think you're meaning to denigrate their love for the series either. Oh, it's... no, I'm
1: not. I think it's, as I said, um, we've said so many times before, it is a, it is a very personal thing, right. whether you like a book or you don't like a book. I probably like hundreds of books that other people go what yeah why yeah I
0: have no doubt of that at all yeah I mean and and there are other people who probably really enjoy books written in first person present tense and that makes me crazy so you know (laughs) (sighs) exactly (laughs) um I just I can't okay so um there are a couple of romantic couples in there and the obvious one Bella and Edward and then eventually Renesme and Jacob. Um and Jacob was the initial po- another point of the love triangle between yeah. Bella and Edward and Jacob and so you, it spawned the sort of team Edward team Jacob uh things. Yeah. And um in the end Spoilers for Twilight, I suppose, but I think the spoiler limit is up on that. Yeah, Um, I think think the statute of limitations has expired. Yeah. um, Bella has Edward's child. Obviously, they wind up together. and um, They wind up
1: married when they're 18, just out of school, no college, no further right. ambitions right out of school they get married and she gets pregnant on their honeymoon okay and so who a vampire who's genetically dead
0: um <laughs> Renesmee <laughs> um eventually grows up to marry Jacob is that correct mm. okay so well
1: i don't think they go that far but they discover that they have this soulmate
0: kind of connection type
1: thing Right, right, and then right. they then they justify the bond that Jacob felt with Bella by saying it was because he knew that she was i i don't know i I actually have to admit that my brain switched
0: off um i according to what one of my former students said the um the fact that she was the mother of his future well i guess mate is the only way to put it um, is the reason. That they, um, that he uh was so so I guess into her and wanted to protect her so much, and um, it I think they called it imprinting, I'm not really sure exactly how it all works, but um, you know, his the wolf inside him wouldn't allow him to hurt her or make her do anything before she was old enough to be consensual and all that stuff. So um, I'm just going to accept that as read and that's how that works. I I don't exactly know because, as I said, I didn't, I was not a faithful reader of the Twilight series. So, um, and I didn't, I didn't see all the movies either. I mean, it just wasn't really my, it wasn't my cup of tea. And so I just didn't go there. Um, The next one, Divergence. Um, I haven't read at all. I read Divergent. I read the first 3 and then I did not see the movies, and I'll tell you why. The couple in Divergent is Tris and Four. I liked Tris and Four as as a dystopian world. I thought it was super interesting. I really enjoyed the first Divergent book. The second Divergent book was okay, and I threw the third Divergent book across the room. <sighs> For me to throw a book across a room, you have to understand, I really, this was not me, no, (laughs) Um, it it really obviously angered me, and um, you know what, it's not my work, the author can do whatever she wants or he wants, it's their work, their property, but man, Oh, my gosh. And and that, to me, with the people that I know, that was almost a universal response. Like, they were like, first two are great. Third one, don't read it. First two are great. Third one, don't even read it. And after I read the third one, I looked at one of my students and I said, first two, they're good. Stop reading. Trust me. Stop reading. <laughs> Another teacher looked at her and said, first two are good. Don't read the third one. She did it anyway. You should listen to your teacher's. That's so all I'm saying. You should listen to your teachers because she came back and she was like, y'all were right. It's terrible. Told you so. Because I'm not one of these teachers who's really nice, but I'm I'm actually like, told you. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, opportunity. Yeah. Any well, opportunity. I like to be right. Um, So I just can't. I just can't. I just can't with that. But and I, I'm figuring that the author is not going to listen to this podcast, so I'm not going to. <laughs> but, man, I I did. But the romance element of Tristan 4, I actually liked them together. I, I, I did. But that ending just killed it for me. Just killed it. I just, but I totally shipped them as I was reading it. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. And then it wasn't great. Then it went wrong. It wasn't. It was great until it wasn't if that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So Mortal Instruments. I've never read Mortal Instruments and I've never seen a movie. Nope. I can honestly say neither have
1: I. Um, I, The only reason this is on the list is because the romance is a core part of the story. So anyone who's read them, let us know what you thought about the romance. Um, It'll be interesting to hear. Mm -hmm. I know that it made a... They made a movie about, that was called The Mortal Instruments or City of Bones or something. And then they've made a series called Shadowhunters, which ends this year, I believe. Um, I read Cassie Clare when she was a fan fiction author Mm. and she started off in Harry Potter. But I haven't read anything of her since. So we cannot judge on that. We just want to let you know that there is a series out there. And in fact, I think it's quite a long series now. And that is a supernatural. So, so far, we've covered supernatural, dystopian, supernatural, supernatural, I think.
0: Yes. I think Mortal (laughs) Instruments is also kind of dystopian at the same time.
1: Sort of, but sort of not. I think it's an urban fantasy. Okay, gotcha.
0: Fair enough. Okay, and then we move back to the world of Greek mythology with... We do
1: indeed. Percy Jackson? Percy Jackson. Sorry, sorry. yeah. Percy Jackson's a, a different one because the mo- it had there were two movies made, um, and in the movies the characters are older; they're in their late, they're in their mid-teens, whereas in the books Percy starts off much younger. He's al- I believe he's eleven. Mm-hmm. It's been quite a while since I read the books, but the core focus is friendship. So you've got Annabeth, who is the daughter of Athena, and Percy, who is a daughter, a, a daughter? Wow, he's changed sex. Um, He's a son. <laughs> we're <laughs> inclusive, son. we're
0: inclusive, no judgment. No judgment. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> he's a son of um, t- uh, Triton or Poseidon. Yes. Of course, um, Rick Riordan also wrote a Roman version of this series. Yes. So he turned to the Roman pantheon with so that would have been Triton and still the Titans and Jupiter and Minerva instead of Athena. Um, You can't tell I did anything to do with mythology at college at all. (laughs) And I believe he's now writing. um, He's writing a series that is about the Olympians Um. and focusing on separate characters within the Percy Jackson series, because I think the latest one is about Annabeth.
0: Yeah, I've had to buy some of those for my daughter. She adored the Percy Jackson books. She's kind of gotten out of reading, which is horrifying to me, but she's still doing, like, she's she's drawing more now, so I suppose that's okay. If she's not reading. Your, your face didn't look very impressed at
1: that one. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So anyway... <laughs> But, she loved. Um, she loved it, uh, and she's ten. She's an old ten. She's almost eleven now, but she's old for her age. But last summer, when she had just turned ten, she devoured these books like whole, whole chunks. Yeah, they so. were a quick read. I have to say that I found them
1: a quick read and I read the first one after I'd seen the first film because I take my sister's kids to the cinema or I did used Mm -hmm. to take my sister's children to the cinema and I took them to see the first Percy Jackson Mm
0: -hmm.
1: film and I read the books afterwards so um, my nephew had read them and I wanted to have something to talk to him about because he is or he was quite a big reader. He's not quite so much at the moment because he's doing exams. But we had something to talk about, and it was the Percy Jackson books. He obviously, being a teenage boy, wasn't so interested in the romance element of them. But there is a subtle romance. It's not massively in your face. It's a a building relationship, building friendships, which Mm -hmm. is, I suppose, what a, a book aimed at teenage boys is about it's building relationships rather than all out and out. I mean, how many teenage boys when they're sort of 12, 13 are interested in reading about kissing.
0: You're not wrong. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, Riordan knows his audience, right? And it's, yeah, exactly. So, and that's arguably what he should do all right so do we want to move along this next one yeah i have not read these at all either have you you've seen the films though right yes i
1: have indeed yeah the princess diaries series by meg cabot Mm -hmm. she also writes adult chick lit so um along a similar vein to jill mansell last Mm -hmm. week um but the story um in the films is very different to the story in the books they move along a lot quicker they um the books don't move along quite as quickly as the film but the films obviously are compressed several different elements into one Mm -hmm. film Mm
0: -hmm.
1: she ends up with michael Yeah. yeah spoiler massive spoiler in the books she ends up with michael um however From what I remember from when the films came out, the actor who played Michael in the films, in in the first film, um, decided that he he was leaving acting and he went to focus on his music career. So they had to find another element. So, of course, in comes Callum Blue and Chris Pine and the story changes completely and apparently they're in, they are now making a third film but the book in the books there is a romance between Mia and her best friend's brother Michael which slowly builds to the point where they actually end up married at the end of the series i think there's seven books i stopped reading it about book 5 okay. i just know that but the the the, the the story is very, very different to all the others that we've talked about. It is a, it's almost a fairy tale because it's a girl discovers that um, her father, who she has never met, but used to send her presents um, was actually a king of a far off land called Genovia. And she had to become, she was the last Royal in line for the throne in that particular family and she had to become a princess and take on all the responsibilities that that entailed.
0: So it is a fa- it is a fairy tale, it's really. One hundred percent a fairy tale, and I totally <laughs> approve of fairy tales, as we know.
1: Yep, we discussed those a couple of weeks ago. Fairy tales
0: are my jam.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the sort of fairy tale I think that the story wouldn't have been out of place if it had been released in the eighties, mm-hmm. because it is something. I mean. Mia is very independent, she's very strong-willed, she's very intelligent, she knows who she is, and she's happy with who she is, and initially she has to adjust to this realization that she has huge responsibilities that she wasn't aware of, and she gets through them, and she builds relationships, and she maintains relationships, all the while her life is going through some massive adjustments. So she's the kind of princess that would be a Mm self-rescuer rather than a damsel in distress, definitely.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Gotcha. I think she was one of Disney's first self-rescuing princesses.
0: You know, I haven't really thought about that, so I am not going to argue the point. I I could agree with (laughs) it. You know what I mean? Yeah, the Princess Diaries were Disney films when Mm -hmm. they were made into
1: films. They were Disney with Julie Andrews and Mm -hmm. Anne Hathaway, and she was a self-rescuing princess, stubborn as anything, Mm -hmm. and fits into the YA category because she is only 16 when she discovers that she is a princess.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, and then the final one, I think, on our list. We did a blog post about this, right? We did. Well, yes, you did. (laughs) Well, I wrote it, but that doesn't mean that we didn't do it. That is true. <laughs> um, the Mighty Hunger Games. Whew. Oh, where do we start? <laughs> Another Dystopia. Oh, yeah. Uh, this one has elements of a love triangle with Katniss, the heroine, Peeta and Gale. And, um, she of course winds up with PETA who she goes through all the trauma with. Gail is her best friend from childhood and, um, it's, there's kind of an enemies to allies to lovers thing going on with PETA, which of course I enjoy. Um, and, I yeah, think, but he's also had a massive crush on her forever. Right, but they're still enemies because they're supposed to kill each other. So I get it. I I I know. You're yeah. right. He has a massive crush on her. And as you know, boys who have massive crushes often do really nasty things to girls that they have massive crushes on. Except see, Peter saved her life and that, that actually made her mad because Katniss is an angry kind of character. Oh, yeah. She's incredibly angry. You can't All really the blame time. her. I'd be kind of pissed off too. Um, and, <laughs> but Gail is equally angry. And I think that's the thing that they get to. That Katniss actually says that fire that's inside her and that fire that's inside Gail, it's just too much together. They're too, too much together. And yeah, but there's
1: also the element of Gail has a lot to do with her younger sister's
0: death. Oh, yes. And course. I don't think anybody could forgive that. No, well, no, not, not, well, you couldn't fiction, right? Because it's fiction, but in real life, that would be something you couldn't forgive. But Peter, Peter's temperament is much uh, calmer and they, they sort of work together. That's the, they, they work together. And his. Even though he tries to kill her when he's brainwashed. Again, with the enemies to
1: lovers thing, man. <laughs> Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, they started. she goes to rescue him because she's like, I can't be without him. She goes to rescue him. He's lost a limb that you don't see in the movies, no. by the way. Read the books. And he tries to kill her because he's been brainwashed. Yes. I mean, the whole society, this is very much a message of society is your enemy. <laughs> in quite a few of these books, it's like society is out to get you. That's not a message we want to spread, but that is the message that these books are
0: sending. Well, this dystopian society has failed. Yeah. Um, Big time. And I, there are days that I look at my world and think, Ugh. so I'm in District 5. I wonder how we're going to do. You know, I mean, there are days that mm-hmm. I think that. So maybe let's not dwell on it. But... Um, Anyway, that having been said, or no, I'm not in five, I'm in eight. I think I'm in eight. Oh, I'm not in any district because I live in the UK. I'm,
1: I'm in an, disaster I'm, zone. I'm in, the, my- um,
0: <laughs> I'm in the district that, Um. That oh, my gosh, Rue's from.
1: Yeah. To eight. hear people talk, we're in a disaster zone right now. But anyway, yeah. that's real life and we're not here to talk about that.
0: That's well, so what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like, you know. The Hunger Games memes just have a lot that they speak to me these days. Anyway, moving along. Um, I really, from the beginning, I was, strangely enough, or maybe not so strangely, I was always Team PETA. Yes, so was I. But um, I could have seen it going either way, and I wouldn't have been surprised if it had gone the other way as well. Um, So this list is certainly not exhaustive. There are so many others that, that... we could potentially discuss um were there you I think we've already answered sort of my questions my questions were you know which ones have you read enjoy you know did you like then leave like so you like Princess Diaries but you left it right yeah um, I left it because I think five books was enough for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that makes sense and, and for me obviously I like Divergent but then I I noped out at the end of book three and didn't even go to the movies right
1: mm-hmm. which is fair so, enough i think that as yeah. we said that everyone has their taste it's kind of like we, uh, we were talking earlier about the books from the 80s mm. and we didn't even touch on the fact that we had judy bloom and lois duncan
0: yeah
1: both of whom were i mean judy bloom was the probably the epitome of teenage girl novels in fact um Forever was banned in our school. What? Because it was considered it was banned. It was considered too explicit because there was the um because Forever I never read it. I was never a huge fan of Judy Bloom. I was more a Lois Duncan girl. Uh-huh. Um but Judy Bloom, I think Forever was about the first time.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So we weren't allowed it at school. <laughs>
0: oh, heaven forbid.
1: I know. But um, there was, I mean, there were quite a few books that were in the locked cupboard at our school. And of course, Lois Duncan wrote, I Know What You Did Last Summer, which which became a blockbuster movie. And that was the idea of a teenage romance at that time. Psychopathic killer going around, um, paying back children who ran over somebody. I mean, it was um, very, very interesting times to live in.
0: (laughs) Mm. Sure, let's call it that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um <laughs> well what else can you call it it was the 80s you yeah. had very interesting interesting fashion interesting movies i mean it was the era of the lost boys and a lot of ya focused movies too mm-hmm. because you had the breakfast club ferris bueller's day off mm-hmm. um pretty in pink 16 candles all of the john hughes films right. essentially they were yeah. all um, YA, but they were...
0: All of the Brat Pack. Yeah, all of the Brat Pack. But they were considerably
1: more mature, I think. They, than a, by the I, time you get, get to St. Elmo's
0: Fire, you've wandered into <laughs> what we would call New Adult today. Yeah, I think so. Um, but those movies, interestingly enough, were, I think, pretty universally rated R. Right? They were, just, they were 15s here. So they would have been at least like PG-13 here. But I want to say most of, like, I know St. almost Fire was rated R.
1: Well, they were rated 15 here, all of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, however, I think that films are rated so much more, so much more different now than they were then. Mm-hmm. Because you look at the, um, I mean, they try and rate everything well we have um we have different ratings to the US as well mm-hmm. ours go universal PG 12 12A 12 mm-hmm. which is really PG now um 15 and 18
0: hmm
1: and 15s were and are films like Deadpool um and Logan mm-hmm. and, and that's really think.
0: R and R for us <laughs> yeah restricted restricted yeah but that's seventeen and up, isn't it, for you? With a parent or guardian, you can go in.
1: Yeah, at fifteen, you can go in. Yeah, it's fifteen. Fifteen and over, you can go in. Um, and then all of the MCU, the Marvel films,
0: are twelve A's. That's the PG thirteen here.
1: Yeah, that's twelve A is anyone over the age of twelve can go in on their own. Twelve and under, um, under twelve can go in with a parent.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 13. then of course
1: you have and then of course you have you which is universal and that is pretty G. much everything. So yeah. that is all your um, classic Disney films yeah. so It Ralph and so on. So That's there is a big G difference.
0: or PG here would be your universal um, G is just general audiences so whoever wants to wander in and then PG is like parental guidance suggested. So parents should probably show up and be like, "So, honey, you know, which is a twelve A, which is a twelve A here? No, no, it's more. Twelve it, A for us is PG thirteen.
1: Yeah, twelve is PG thirteen. Twelve A is anyone. Oh, tw- uh, the age of twelve can go in with a parent.
0: Okay, I just don't understand. Okay, I know if
1: we have different ratings. It used to be U, PG. 15 and 18. That used to be it. It was so easy. I used to go in and see a lot of the 15s because I'd just sneak in. Um, I loved local cinemas.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I walked in at age 12 into some R-rated films with no one even ever questioned yeah, me. I went and saw Down and Out in Beverly Hills,
1: which was a 15 because of language. Yeah. And I think I was 11.
0: <laughs> Sounds about right.
1: Yeah, but... There there is a massive difference. I mean, Lois Duncan's, I know what you did last summer, they made into a pretty gory um, schlock horror, maybe? Mm -hmm. Shock horror um, that was a 15. Mm. That was a book written for teenagers. It was a YA novel, Mm -hmm. really. So there, I mean, there is, I don't know. It's, I think that, they targeted them at teenagers especially teenage girls because of the romance element Mm -hmm. so there was a pretty girl would find a handsome boyfriend they go to the prom together and that was pretty much it and now books they've changed so much for the YA audience I mean that's not saying that they don't appeal to everybody because have you got all the Harry Potters on your bookshelf I know I have
0: of course, and I, I yeah. I'm in the process of buying them for my daughter. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And the Hunger Games, I've got those on my bookcase. I also have the entire um, up to the book that never was published. Night, um, Night World books by L. J. Smith, who also wrote the original books that the Vampire Diaries movie, mm-hmm. uh, TV series, was based on. Um yeah. And those were also teenage. And teenage books used to be much thinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they They used did. to be about 150 to 175 pages or so. Harry the length Potter of blew a... that away.
0: Oh, yeah. Especially with Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're talking 800-page behemoth. I remember getting that at the midnight uh, sale and just being like my eyes lighting up like, oh, yes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Mm -hmm. that kind of thing I was very excited that got
1: delivered to my doorstep with a feather oh really yeah or post postman I think that I don't know if they were given some kind of um, marketing thing marketing instruction or something but when my book was uh, was, uh, arrived it was wrapped in twine and had
0: a feather in it oh how sweet no I stood in line at books a million or whatever in Tennessee and got it it was amazing. I stayed at I had it delivered. i Yeah. I had, uh, yeah. Anyway, it was fun. I enjoyed it. So anyway, all right, well, we have been at this for 45 minutes, uh, uh, which is maybe longer than we thought we were. <laughs> but um, no, I guess I think the overall thing here is YA has romance shot through it. I think even books that are not necessarily aimed at girls, and yeah. i think that just further reinforces our general theme that romance is everywhere that that romance is a part of the human condition that love is part of the human condition in my opinion uh, i agree yeah so that's sort of that's my sort of final thought on ya what do you think anything specific want to add to i think that
1: I think it's interesting how y a has morphed mm-hmm. for me from mm-hmm. books with girls on the cover all smiley and happy in awful fashion to books that have a sort of a tempered they are measured through with romance. It's not the only message that's not all that's out there. Mm-hmm. it's um strong women who are fighting for. Whatever they're fighting for, in the case of um, Triss and Katniss, of course,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah, the, yeah, exactly. They're fi- they're fighting for their lives, but they're also fighting for independence and stability. Mm-hmm. They're looking for something, right. and it's a it's a more positive message now, I think, mm-hmm. than we had, and
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: that that was threaded through the Sweet Valley High, Sweet Dreams, First Love, Harlequin books,
0: mm-hmm. and. It, it's not a bad thing. Mhm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would agree. I would agree. Well, did we have anything else that we needed to say?
1: Uh, no. Apart from, don't forget that we're reading Karen Moaning's The Dark Highlander. Yes. And we'll be discussing that next week.
0: Okay. That is my pick. And it is distinctly not YA. <laughs> Hashtag Sorry Not Sorry. I <laughs> uh, don't know <laughs> else to say there no, we
1: haven't picked a YA yet we will oh uh, we will at some point
0: yeah we will good point we will I don't know when that will be but we will definitely pick a YA <laughs> alright y'all um, thank you for tuning in and we will be back next week Ray how would you like to sign off I keep on
1: searching for your happily ever after
0: And I would remind you that romance isn't dead. It's alive and well on your bookshelves. Bye. Bye.